Hello, and welcome to the Big Egg Joshi Podcast, the podcast dedicated to introducing both new and old Joshi wrestlers. My name is Kay. So for today's episode, we're focusing on the legendary Manami Toyota, a wrestler many, myself included, consider the best women's wrestler from an in-ring standpoint ever. Manami Toyota debuted August 5th, 1987, and was trained by Jaguar Yakota. She was only 16 when she made her debut and joined the AGW Dojo at 15 straight out of middle school. She was an unreal talent even as a rookie, even having a match with Mima Shimoda as the Tokyo Sweethearts against Etsuka Mita and her, long later, her later longtime rival Toshio Yamada, which was so good and seen as such an exciting match that it upset the established veterans backstage who had to follow it. This was quite a big deal actually at the time because they, they felt showed up, which was great. Uh, she would continue to impress and excite with her high-flying and crash-and-burn sort of style, uh, that that was unlike anything else in AJW at the time. She was very innovative and was very exciting to watch, which made uh, everyone keep their eyes on her at all times. Her style would make her stand out among her peers, and as a result, she would eventually find gold around her waist for the first time, winning the AJW Championships. Side, no- side note, this wasn't the main belt in AJW despite the name. Uh, calling it the AJW Championship is more of a middle of the card belt. Uh, many of the big stars would hold on to it as sort of their first belt and would later become bigger stars after the fact. So it's more of a mid-card belt, really. Uh, she would decide to vacate the belt on December of 1990 in order to challenge Bison Kimura for the All-Pacific Championship, so the white belt, which at the time was vacant. Uh, she would win and later lose the title. She would win the belt in that match and would later lose the belt on March 1st of 1991. An important part of Manami Toyota's career is her long-standing rivalry with, as I mentioned, mentioned Toshio Yamada, who she had an amazing chemistry with in ring, so much so that it was widely believed she should have been Manami's tag partner as the Tokyo Sweethearts, not Mima Shimoda. Now, they would become tag partners later and very successful tag team at that, um, but her and Yamada would have several back-and-forth matches, uh, neither being able to put the other way, but it was ultimately would lead to a hair-versus-hair match at the August 15th, 1992 AGW Midsummer Typhoon show, which was for the IWA world title, but that seems to have been overlooked as the belt was more about the rivalry between her and Yamada. Um, but that was an afterthought, like I said. Um, the hair versus her match was such a big deal in women's wrestling at the time, I think I'd explained it in earlier episodes. I was seen as sort of, if you shaved your head, you got rid of your marketability as a woman and as a wrestler. Sort of all you had to go by was your in-ring work, and so it made it hard for you to make extra money in modeling and whatnot. So it was seen as putting a lot of risk on the line, and a big deal, usually used in big grudge matches like this one. So, Manama Toyota would win, but refuse to shave Yamada's head. Even going so far as to force, or trying to force the people that came into the ring to shave her head from doing so and having to be restrained by several trainees at ringside. It was very emotional as she was had tears in her eyes and I'm telling you to look distraught as a very resolute and um, stoic Toshio Yamada would get her hair cut with no expression on her face whatsoever. It was quite a moment. After this, they would team up for the first of many times as official team. Uh, their first major sort of thing as a team, they would beat the team of Aja Kong and Bison Kimura, known as Jungle Jack, for the 3WA tag team titles, something she had hadn't won with Mima Shimoda before her long-standing tag partner as the Tokyo Sweethearts. As the years went on, and she continued to have legendary matches with the likes of Kyoko Inoue and Aja Kong and Yamada, she would be, uh, compared to 
who should be compared less to our fellow Joshi wrestlers and more to the men as one of the best wrestlers in the world at the time, which is a huge feat because not even Shikusa Nagayo or any of the popular AJW stars like Bull Nakano either, or Aja Kong, got that sort of recognition by the wider wrestling fandom. Uh, this was quite a big deal that she was even being considered uh, one of the best in the world overall, not just of women. Uh, she would win her first of four 3WA championships, the Red Belt, on March 26, 1995, beating Aja Kong to win it in what was a very big field match and very great match. On November 28, 1998, Manami Toto would face Chikusa Nagayo in a huge match on the 30th anniversary of the AJ, of AJW show. Uh, this is a huge deal, as this is the only time these two have ever faced each other in a singles match, excluding Manami Toyota's retirement gauntlet, in which case she only faced it for about 30 seconds. Um, but this match was dubbed at the time as the meeting of two legends of different eras, and it was for the 3AW title, which was the Chigusa Nagayo promotion's main belt, uh, Gaia Japan. It was their major belt. Um, after this match, she would start wrestling more frequently in Gaia, um, and, re and revitalize her rivalry with Toshio Yamada. And on October 20th, 2002, she would win the 3AW belt again, uh, 3AW belt against Chikako Nagashima, for this would be her first major title, world title, outside of AJW, as all her belts before her hand had been belts that were either in AJW or defended frequently and associated with AJW. Uh, this would also be a big turning point as the long-standing wrestler herself being the only one of her of the, the AJW originals bat still in the ring wrestling for AJW, she would leave the company and go freelance, mainly wrestling for Gaia Japan and various other promotions until about 2005 when she would reform her team, the Tokyo Sweethearts, with Mima Shimoda for the final show in AJW. So she would go from 2002 all the way to 2005 without working a single AJW show, which was crazy because she was so widely associated with AJW and being sort of the last standing legend there that hadn't left up until that point. Uh, she would continue to work as a freelancer even after Gaia closed just the year following AJW's closure. Uh, she would eventually sign with Ice Ribbon in 2012 would also take on Tsukasa Fujimoto and Tsukushi as protégés, with Tsukasa being her named successor and having bo and both uh, Manami's, both her and Tsukushi getting Manami Toyota's finisher, the Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex, passed on to both of them. She would win her last championship ever in her career and on December 31st, 2016, winning the Triangle Ribbon Championship. This was the last piece of gold that she had ever had around her waist before she retired. She would then go on to a retirement road, which would have many legendary matches and do very um, sort of throwback things and matches that she had had back in her past with current wrestlers. Um, that road would end on November 3rd, 2017, on a show co-produced by her and Oz Academy called the Retirement to the Universe Show. She would wrestle 50 matches in various lengths and various opponents and styles, ranging from comedy to hardcore to just everything in between. From over her career, including people like Mako Satomura, Emi Sakura, Risa Sara, Cherry, Bolshoi Kid, or Command Bolshoi, Karu Yoniyama, Hikaru Shida, Bull Nakano, Shigusa Nagayo, Jaguar Yakoda, Nanai Takahashi, Kyoko Inoue, and finally, Tsukasa Fujimoto, who she would beat in the first match and would lose the rematch after immediately after she pinned her in a very emotional passing of the torch. Uh, both were crying in the ring. It was quite a sight, actually. Manama Toyona 
was and always will be one of the greatest of all time. Her in-ring work, poise, confidence, and were no equal, have no equal. In my opinion, has made her be considered one of the all-time greats, probably at number one. In my in my opinion, um, among her peers, she is seen as uh, head and shoulders, and that's pretty big deal given the fact that her peers include Shigusa Nagayo and Kyoko NLA and Ajikong Nakano and just all these big names the fact that she's seen by some as the top of that is a really really big deal and I think her body of work speaks for itself in that regard so we'll move on to her title reigns and how many belts she's had and oh boy she's had a lot of belts so without further delay let's uh, let's get started on that one the first belt was the AGW Championship. She had one reign with it and only had three successful defenses. Her second ever title was the All-Pacific Championship, which was what she had two reigns. Uh, her first reign had one successful defense, and her second only had two. Then we'll go on to the three WA Tag Team Championships, which she had three title reigns, two with Toshio Yamada and one with Mima Shimada, Shimoda as the Tokyo Sweethearts. Five defenses with Yamada's first reign, with her first reign with Yamada, and four on the second reign with Yamada. And she had two successful defenses with Mima Shimoda. Next is the UWA World Women's Tag Team Titles, which she would have one title reign with Toshi Yamada and with two defenses only. Next is the IWA World Championship with one reign and eight defenses. Next, we move on to the 3WA World Championship, the Major Red Belt, which had, she had four reigns. Her first reign had one defense before losing it, her second had three, her third had two, and her fourth had no successful defenses at all. She would lose it on her next defense, on her next match after the fact, after winning it. Um, the next would be the JWP Tag Team Titles, where she would only have one reign with Kara Ito and no successful defenses. Then we move to the 3AW Championship, the Gaia Japan title, with one reign and two successful defenses. Moving on to the 3AW Tag Team titles, again, Gaia Belts, she would have one reign with Carlos Amano with no successful defenses. Moving on to the JWP Openweight title, she would have one reign with three defenses. Then we go on to the Oz Academy Openweight Championship with one reign, no defenses. Uh, the Oz Academy Tag Team titles, two reigns, both with Carlos Amon. One reign had no successful defenses, and the second one had one successful defense. Next, we move to World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana's world title. She would have one reign and one defense. And then her final belt ever in her career, the Triangle Ribbon Championship. She would have one reign with two defenses. So as you can see, as you can see, she had a lot of championships over her long career. And that should go to show that a lot of belts have been put on her because she was just that good. So we'll move on to some of the matches I feel define her career. The first one is the IWA World Title Hair vs. Hair match with Minami Toyota vs. Toshio Yamada from 12-9-1989. This is the big, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Hair vs. Hair emotional match. If you could find it, just please go watch it. It's on YouTube, last I checked. Um, the next would be the 3WA World Title match, Minami Toyota vs. Kyoko Inoue from 5-7-1995. Now, I didn't mention it, but there, Chi and Kyoko and I had a, quite a huge rivalry. They would be arch rivals, actually, going even as far as being above the Yamada rivalry by many. Um, this match would be crazy. There would be pile drivers on the outside of the ring, top rope pile drivers, too. It was crazy, crazy match. Uh, I highly recommend check this one out. 
Next is the 3WA Tag Team Title and slash UWA World Women's Tag Title Unification Match, a best 2 out of 3 falls match with Manami Toyota and Toshi Yamada versus Aja Kong and Bison Kimura from 3-20-1992. Moving on to the 3WA World Title Match, Manami Toyota versus Aja Kong from 3-26-1995. This is the first of two matches of her and Aja Kong for the World Title for the Red Belt. Next is the 3AW title match between Shikusa Nagayo and Monami Toyota from 11-29-1998. Uh, the meeting of the two legends and the only singles match these two have ever had against each other. And next is the Ice Cross Infinity title, Tsukasa Fujimoto versus Monami Toyota from 8-25-2013. This is a, a sort of a big match. This is the first big singles match these two have ever these two had. They had many singles matches before this, but this was sort of the, the one that was much more regarded and serious. And uh, it was seen as the true um, elevation of Tsukasa Fujimoto by Monami Toyota. And the last thing I will recommend is the entire Monami Toyota retirement show. It's 11-3-2017. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find it on places. I've seen parts of it on YouTube. I highly, highly recommend going to check it out. It's a celebration of Monami Toyota as a wrestler and just her career as a whole. So, Monami Toyota innovated an entire style of wrestling. The high-flying, fast-paced, close, close near-fall sort of style that we would later see in Neo dubbed high-speed wrestling. So you can make the argument that she was the originator of the high-speed style, despite it not being called that when she was wrestling, right? So she just sort of she was so good that she innovated a style of wrestling that hadn't been done prior to her. So with that, that will conclude this episode on the legendary Manami Toyota. Next week, I'll be covering her successor, Ice Ribbon's ace, Tsukasa Fujimoto. So until then, I have been Kay, and remember, enjoy Joshi Pro Wrestling. Thank you.